2: About
0: this, Hello.
2: welcome to episode one hundred and thirty nine of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt, and I'm
3: your host, Will Witten.
2: And we're back. Oh, like that! Sorry about you that, know guys. No, I like that. Sorry, guys. Uh, my bad, my bad. Totally my fault. Had to take last week off, but we're back, and we got lots to talk about. Um, and how? And how? So, you know, got the rebel season finale to talk about. Yeah, got, which
3: I've got i, I uh, mind-blowing. Yeah, we'll talk I've about it. I've got much to delve into.
2: We have Mark Hamill receiving his Hollywood Walk of Fame star.
3: About damn time, can and, I just say?
2: Uh finally an announcement about the Star Wars live-action series. So, lots to get into, but uh, let me give you guys the old rusty business. I think, Ooh. The, I think they call that the Rusty Trombone. Oh,
3: no. Oh, God. This is the worst business. This is the I'm Scared business.
2: <laughs> the no-please-don't business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. You can follow us or like us or, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Or, and I told you guys I was in, uh, Rusty. You can, <laughs> you can
3: like us. You can feel mediocre about us.
2: <laughs> you can hate us. Uh, apparently, as as you hit that like button. <laughs> apparently, just because we like The Last Jedi, there's definitely some people that hate us now, but what the fuck ever. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Pod. You can email us at BlueHarvestPodcast at gmail.com. You can buy our shit, shirts and stuff. We've got two new shirt designs by the amazing Evan DeCellis. Uh, our take on this solo movie poster, uh, available at our T Public store, teepublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we are so excited to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, the best damn-ass podcast network in the galaxy, where we have the honor of being on the same network, rusty as fuck, my man, as such amazing podcasts as now this is podcasting steel wars rebel girl the sith list rogue one cantina cast idiots array tarkin's top shelf first order transmissions and the cargo hold and i don't say this
3: because we are part of the making star wars network but um The Making Star Wars Network produces some of the most quality Star Wars podcasts, I think, that are available for your listening pleasure today. Again, like I said, I don't say that because that's where we are. I say that because before we were ever part of this, that is who we respected the most and and whose content we followed the most. So, you know, just we're here to tell you from experience, it's your best Star Wars listening pleasure. You can go other places and listen to other stuff, but I don't think it'll be quite as good as what... The making Star Wars Network has for you.
2: I totally agree. And it's such a v- wide variety of excellent content. You got Steel interviewing Ben Mendelssohn in an excellent episode. You got the dudes over it. Now this is podcast. Can I just tell you how titty balls and, and what?
3: How tinglingly excited I was to have Steel on and to converse with Steel. I was so pumped, dude. It
2: was a lot of fun.
3: He's such a <laughs> cool guy.
2: So fun that I was like I was worn out on podcast I was like, podcasting just can't be that fun. it's too much. Like I gotta take a break. You peaked. You peaked. Play it. You know. Steel, now this is podcasting. You got Robot Tim over at Podcast Two One Eight Seven. You got you got a Raj and Boo and Les over at the Sith List. Boo hating Another... on Spider Man and me loving him anyway, even though he'd be hating on Spider Man.
3: Another couple of good dudes.
2: Yes. Three excellent dudes. You got uh, Amanda and a new host, Jess, holding it down over at the Rebel Girl, making you think, making you think for once in your goddamn life.
3: Tending to your fruitful mind grapes.
2: That's right! You got Johnny Grosso and Michael Pappas and some fat asshole over on Rogue One doing their thing. I mean, it's, it's just a good time all around. You can listen to Star Wars podcasts all the live long day over at the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Alright. So now that I've uh, successfully stroked and, and 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 stroked and I don't know, some other nice word. Mm, mm. Petted our you network know what? brothers and sisters.
3: Guys, we're gonna take a break and Hawes is gonna go get a tetanus shot because he cut himself on this rusty
2: business. Uh, Shoot. uh sick see burn. See, I told like, no, don't you see, don't massage my ego and just say, no, man, that was good. That was good. You did. You did fine. I'm I'm rusty, dog. Like when I went to just now, when I went to hit record, I was like, what do I say at the beginning? It's only no. been a week. That's how crazy look, these last two weeks have been for me. Look,
3: it, it, it was good business, but it, I you were kept saying how rusty it was. And then you you kept stuttering and ba-duh, ba and then I was like, ah, I'm gonna tell him it was rusty.
2: My, ba- my brain hit a pothole, my dog, my doggy. What, uh, what you been up to, uh, since we last talked? We haven't really, we talked a little bit, I texted you to let you know I wasn't really feeling great and yeah. couldn't record last Saturday, but what you been up to the last couple of weeks?
3: Just kind of, uh, watching Rebels. Nice. Doing, doing the thing, just hanging out, being real, grinding hard
2: as he do, as he do. Alright, so why don't we get into some Star Wars discussion? That seems like a, a good thing to do on a damn ass Star Wars podcast.
3: Chasing chasing the dragon that is PUBG.
2: Ah uh, hey. Any chicken dinners have been uh, served on yeah, your
3: plate? I had a I have a I, got, I gained a second solo chicken dinner. Nice. It still
2: was still never was, had one of those. But to it be was, fair, Delicioso. to be fair to myself. If I'm playing PUBG, it's with other people, you know, I, I enjoy playing solo, but it's to the point now where it's like, I get on PUBG and then I'll see who's on. If anybody's on that, I play with, like, I just enjoy the social aspect and playing with other people. Plus Jesse is fucking addicted to PUBG right now. In fact, she's playing. I like, I can lean around the corner and see her playing right now, uh, chasing that dinner dragon, that chicken dinner Dude. dragon.
3: I'll totally admit it is probably the most addicting thing ever.
2: I bet you heroin's more addictive. I mean, I mean, I've never done heroin. Don't ever plan I mean, on doing heroin. But something tells me meth probably also more addictive.
3: It's up there with gambling because you basically are gambling. Every choice you make is a a, li- a live or die choice. Do I take this car or this car? Do I run? Do I walk? Do I use this gun or this gun? And it all it's really life or death. Every decision. And it's part luck and part skill, and chasing that number one. Like it's like it's it's like gambling. Every time you play a game, it's like gambling. Like let's roll the dice and see how they come up. This game, like
2: trying to be the best around. Yes, and let nobody can ever bring you down. All right, I got to. We got to. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, it, no. It's not you, man. I don't know what the hell. I just got co- cobwebs in my brain. My brain looks like one of those haunted movies from, like, the 50s or something. Cobwebs all in the corner. Your brain probably looks like Swiss cheese. Really? You think so? Or blue cheese. Why? What do you think I've done to make my brain look like some sort of cheese? I don't know. That's just a... I'm a psych
3: major. I know what the brain looks like. I've seen brains. Like they. It depends on what you preserve them in. Really, depending on what they end up looking like. But they usually just... Shriveled up in gray or brown.
2: Yeah, but why would my brain specifically look like Swiss cheese? You're talking color know. or actual no, holes in my No, I was talking about the brain. holes in it. <laughs> That's what I was talking why about. Why you? Ju- That's, this- I got holes in my brain. I'm uh, look. I am by no means the brightest bulb in a box of light bulbs, but I don't think I got holes in my brain. I'm just. i just, just, just because. Just because as a child, I believed that my friends' parents were. A fucking warlock and a werewolf? I wouldn't believe that today, probably.
3: I might. I I probably would not believe that.
2: (laughs) So, why don't we start off with our buddy, oh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill got his Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Is that what that shit is called?
3: And like I said, it's about damn time. Yeah, man. His star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame.
2: Yeah, and it seemed like it was a pretty rad event I, I know a couple people that are out there a buddy uh old damn ass darth pizza was he there yeah he was there he he and his That's son sick. went i think uh chris from He's the star wars underworld was. A, <clears throat> they went and uh i think george well i know for a fact george lucas was there for the uh, ceremony as was harrison ford harrison ford said some very nice words about mark hamill it's funny he started it off with like you know, more people showed up when I got my star.
3: Oh. <laughs>
2: he old, also, man, old man <laughs> Harrison. Always giving his buddy shit. Um, jab, jab. He, uh, you know, he also had some real nice things to say about Carrie. George Lucas was rocking his fucking fascinating ass sneakers. I'm always fascinating. You know what I realized? George
3: Lucas is skinny, but he's got the turkey waddle thing under his neck. George Lucas is otherwise fairly skinny.
2: Really, I thought he had a little bit of a. He may you know, have a little, little punch, a, a but little I mean, gut. like,
3: I I saw a picture of him the other day standing next to Kathleen Kennedy, and he was small, small guy.
2: <clears throat> Maybe he's lo- losing some weight chasing his new kid around. Maybe he's on that just had a kid diet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was nice, nice to see. I'm Mark glad Hamill. he was there. Yeah, man. I mean.
3: I want to see George at everything Star Wars. And you know what? I know he he would get tired of that, but that's how much I still love him.
2: Still bums me out. Still bums me out that uh, I didn't make it to that 40th anniversary panel last year at Celebration with George Lucas to be in the same room as the man himself. That would have been pretty neat. Um, and you know, we got limited time with George. He's not a young fella anymore. So uh i don't know how at everything star wars he will be because he didn't go to the last jedi official premiere he saw the movie and stuff but he didn't go to the premiere but then you hear stuff about him visiting the set of solo and helping uh give some advice on a scene and things like that so but you know he's also friends with ron howard so i'm sure that helps
3: I'm thinking once his kid is old enough to get into it, or not, that he'll there'll be an uptake in his involvement and being around it.
2: Do you think? Do you think George Lucas would be annoyed if his kid grew up to be like the biggest Star Wars fan ever? But no, was, hold on. But only episode seven forward. Oh, oh my god, he would have oh to be annoyed. God. You know what I'm saying? Oh that would you know, be like <laughs>
3: anything that I made,
2: huh? That'd be like if I had a kid and my kid was like, "I like Rogue One, and my favorite episodes are the Johnny Solo episodes. I mean what? what? what?' be like the time you told me my, he- my brain was holy as Swiss cheese.
3: Or the time I was trying to fuck with you in reality. That's because of your Swiss cheese brain. You know.
2: That ain't nice, will. <laughs> no, not breaking. I don't need to have another existential crisis on the podcast because a I'm psychotic about... break mm. Mm. man I'd be trying to mess with me in realities and shit <coughs> okay so uh, congrats to Mark Hamill that's awesome well deserved long overdue I feel um, it's just nice to hear someone who by all you know uh, all accounts, seems to be a really cool dude, Mark Hamill. See if for
3: nothing other than being Luke Skywalker and the Joker. You, Should, know, you like,
2: could put a period after Luke Skywalker, in my opinion. That alone, right. you know? But I'm just talking
3: about his two biggest accomplishments for me his entire life. Like, bro,
2: oh, yeah, for sure. Let's that's, not forget that's the for
3: I'm not I'm not, yeah, bright... I'm not belittling any of that other stuff. Wing Commander, uh, Sequest DSV. Like I'm talking about, I, I saw
2: Mark Wait, Hamill everywhere. Mark Hamill was in Sequest.
3: Mark Hamill was in Sequest DSV as an alien that was blind. Was Sequest DSV got episode? into this
2: alien shit. Like, oh, so he wasn't like a regular cast member. No, he okay. was like
3: a, a, a mini-series in within a, a
2: season. I did not know that. I remember Sequest DSV. I remember being very excited for that show when it was announced. I loved that announced. fucking show. They had the fucking talking, uh, talking dolphin. Ted,
3: Ted Rainey, the talking dolphin, who's best buddies with the kid that fucking killed himself young. Um. Oh, guy from Jaws as the captain? Robert Shaw? Nope, nope, nope. Smile, you son of a bitch. Oh, God. He was real into water stuff. He like... He, oh, God. <clears throat> Damn it. I can't remember his
2: name now. Uh, Yeah, good show. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know how it holds up, but I was enamored with it as a kid.
3: Had the kid from uh, 21 Jump Street in it. The big guy, the Deloise.
2: no, oh. means mm. Brothers. I thought you were talking about the kid that was in that uh, that movie with Chuck Norris. He was also in that, right? Oh, I don't Same know. Kid. I don't
3: know about a movie with Chuck Norris.
2: He, he was a kid. God, what's the name of that movie? There's a movie where. See,
3: where we're, we're, that's the title of this episode. What's the
2: name of that movie? No, this, who's that t- guy? The title who of this is episode is, is Swiss Cheese Head.
3: Swiss Cheese Brain.
2: <laughs> um. what what's the kid's name that was friends with the fucking dolphin oh dude i can't remember
3: it's but his story is sad really
2: you can't remember
3: uh i'm pulling some swiss cheese brain over here (laughs) (laughs)
2: let's
3: Uh, hear let's do a quick google sequest dsv i know the captain went from the cool guy to michael irons roy schneider
2: roy schneider thank you very much and jonathan Brandis. Yes. Jonathan Brandis was in a movie with Chuck Norris. Jonathan Brandis in the movie played a kid who was obsessed with Chuck Norris. Not a character with the actual Chuck Norris. Watched all his fucking movies. He had asthma. He takes karate lessons, right? And then ends up having meeting uh, Chuck Norris at a karate tournament. It was called Sidekicks. Oh, wow. Yeah. should check that out. It's a... Uh,
3: Certainly not a movie I saw.
2: <laughs> I, I saw that shit in the theater, son. I was like, ooh, Chuck Norris and that kid. Let's go. Um, so what's uh, what else happened in Star Wars? Oh, it was announced this week that Jon Favreau of Iron Man and Iron Man 2 fame, The Jungle Book, Lion King... Uh fucking Swingers Chef an excellent movie, maybe even my favorite John Favreau movie, um, will be producing and writing the first Star Wars live action television series.
3: That's gonna be kick
2: ass. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy. Like they went for it's weird, like they get Two showrunners, two successful showrunners, the guys from Game of Thrones, to produce a series of new Star Wars movies, and they get Jon Favreau, who is, I mean, historically, I don't know the guy's entire filmography or career, historically known for movies to produce a TV series. Um, and it, it's, I mean, you can't deny that that's a pretty big talent to get for the first live action TV show, which I feel shows that they're taking this Uh, as seriously as they should be like that's a you know that's a big hire for them i would think for a tv series
3: i think it's huge i think it's great it can't be cheap either i think their whole thing is let's do great directors people that know how to tell stories and then let's let them tell star wars stories
2: now this is the question I have. So right now, Jean Favreau, Jean Favreau is working. Jean Favreau. <laughs> Jean Favreau is working on um, the live-action Lion King adaptation. That's his next movie. That doesn't come out till next year. Right. My question is: Is he going to be? Because I assume that movie is basically 100 percent CG and motion capture. So is it filmed, and he's just working on the editing and the effects and stuff? Like I know Jean Favreau isn't sitting in front of a, a computer like doing the CGI himself, but <laughs> yes, he is. You know, he is. I'm wondering. <laughs> swearing? <laughs> What's going on? Click, click, click. Um. Yeah, I. I, I just, what I'm trying to say is. Is this a situation where he's going to wait until that movie's done before he starts working on this? Because it's not just... Also, it's not just going to be Jean Favreau working alone on this. I'm sure they're going to put a writing writer's room together. There's going to be a whole team and stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to hear what uh, announcements we get going forward on that. Um, and the reason I wonder is when he's going to start working on this is... How soon are we going to be looking at getting this show? Uh, clearly, it's for the Disney streaming service. They call it the direct cons- to the direct to consumer service that they're going to be launching next year. Uh, to me, if the, if that service is is really launching in the fall of twenty nineteen. I don't know that there's enough time. Like, if he started working the day they announced it, is that enough time to get the the series up and running and have it ready for the launch? Or is this something we're looking at I think it's post-launch. Yeah. Don Favreau doesn't
3: strike me as one of the guys that hurries through projects, you know, like... Especially with how long there was in between all the Iron Man movies.
2: Yeah, but I think that's more of a Marvel thing. Like, you know...
3: It had to out fit somewhere in the, the canon...
2: Not necessarily the canon, because, you know, Iron Man 1 and 2, I want to say they both came out before sort of, they did, right? Before the sort of onslaught of the other Marvel movies, wasn't it? Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, and then, like, Captain America, mm-hmm. Thor, The Avengers, and then Iron Man 3. He didn't do Iron Man 3, though. No. <laughs> so
3: He was in it as happy.
2: It's a... Uh, it's interesting i'm just wondering what the earliest I, f- I feel like probably the earliest we could see end up seeing this would be 2020 um but that i would imagine that they want to launch that service with some sort of original content i don't know man it's interesting what's cool is it will definitely be getting more news about the series going forward if they've they've hired him then it's only a matter of time before we hear about other writers, uh, maybe even possible episode directors once they have scripts in place. And then, of course, we've got casting. And who knows, before then, we could even sort of get a, a sense of where th- this thing's going to be set, set in the Star Wars timeline, what its general deal is going to be all about. Um. But it'd be interesting, because you know we're also getting John Favreau as a John Favreau, as a uh, John Favreau, as a uh, a character in Solo. So. Solo, Swiss cheese head, y'all, Swiss cheese head. Um, <laughs> but it's cool, man. It's it's the one thing so far that has made me most nervous, though, is the idea of a live action Star Wars show. Because Star Wars is well-produced, you know what I mean? In the live-action yeah. realm. And, you know, I don't think they're going to give each uh, each uh, episode a budget of a Star Wars movie. That's financially impossible. Uh, so, the question is, like, how... What if,
3: what if each season gets the budget of a Star Wars movie?
2: I guess that could i don't know i you know to be honest I, i'm not really familiar like i'm trying to think of some sort of clearly high budget shows that look really good something like you know game of thrones i don't know how much they spend on a season and I, with i would expect this to be you know probably 10 episode seasons at the most i wouldn't expect a full old school like 22 episode season of Lost type show you know yeah. Well it would be an hour long. I, I'm sure they would probably stick to the more uh, current idea of doing the, especially on a streaming service, of doing a, a smaller season. So, you know, I'm sure the budget will be respectable. I just don't want them to, I don't want it to feel cheap. I don't want to feel like I'm watching a lesser version of the live action movies. And that's a tough challenge. So, right. hopefully they just uh, find a way to do it. To hide the seams, for lack of a better term, and really get across that we're watching you know, a high-budget production that feels like Star Wars, that has the same visual flair as Star Wars and and things like that. But it's exciting. I can't wait. Like, buddy, I I know we've got like a dead period coming up. And it's silly to say a dead period that's really, in all actuality, only like a year and a half, you know? Right. Uh, After Solo, but... You know, once we get through that, it seems like Star Wars content all day, every day. New animated series, live action show, fucking <laughs> two series, one being announced as a trilogy, one as a series of movies, and episode nine, and whatever the hell else they're gonna do. It's it's a lot of stuff, so. Yeah, it is. That's cool with me. So, uh John Jean Favreau, Mark Jean Hamill. Favreau. And uh, I guess we'll talk about the end of Rebels. So if you're listening and you haven't seen uh, basically the last four episodes of Rebels... Skip it. Yeah, skip, skip it. it. This show ain't for you. Come back skip after like, you've watched it. <clears throat> or give it you... like five minutes. No, it's going to be more than five minutes, I think. Um, so last time we talked, we talked about um, the two episodes where Kanan died and they sort of dealt with the aftermath of that. The next week, we got trippy-ass Star Wars. Trippy-ass Star Wars. Uh, And uh, I think it's called The Wolf in the Door in a World Between Worlds or something like that. Those two episodes. What did you think about those, buddy?
3: I thought they were crazy. Crazy mystic. Um, There were a couple parts that were emotional. Uh, It was very cryptic, I think is a word that I'll use to describe it because there, there's still a lot of questions. You know, it's the last episode and there's still a lot of questions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is they did, um, it was, you know, in some ways, almost a sequel to the Mortis arc from the clone wars, you know, in, in a way, but almost unrelated. <laughs> Yeah, because we never know, saw like, the Mortis go- gods. We never saw Mortis itself.
3: Unless you count the owl, which they say may even be the spirit herself.
2: Right, maybe the daughter, right? That the sort? daughter yeah. hanging out with Ahsoka. That's a good point. The Convor, convoree, who knows how you say those things. Um, say She handler. was
3: destroyed by her brother, wasn't she?
2: Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> so, basically, Ezra opened a gateway to a world between worlds, right? Where he could go up to all these portals and stuff and look through and see different moments in time. The first one he comes up on is the finale of season two, where we see what happens after that door closes. Because, you know, in, in that duel between Ahsoka and Vader, the door closed and the rebels got away while she was left in there with Vader. So we see the final few moments of that duel. We see um, and, and see what happens. And like Ezra reaches through that shit and sh- saves her right at the last minute. Right. So the big question that's been on a lot of people's minds for the last couple of years of did Ahsoka die? What happened during that fight, etc., etc.? Well, we got the answer to that. And the answer a- apparently
3: is... Apparently she died. She was dead as fuck.
2: No. No, she didn't no. die. She's alive.
3: But in the in the original timeline before she got she was snatched. Ah, see,
2: that's the thing. It is of my personal belief that that always happened. It's kind of like the time travel. This is a, a analogy I've been using when, like, I was talking to our buddy Sal on the phone. That always happened. It's it's a similar version of time travel to season five of Lost. Okay, where they go back in time, and it's not it. It just turns out for that person's individual timeline, that always happened to them. You know what I mean? Like Daniel Faraday explains to them, you, this always was going to happen to you. You were always here in 1979 or wherever it is. They're right, 1978. So basically, Ezra didn't change anything. It, he just did what always happened. I know it's kind of, I'm not doing a great ex- job explaining it for one. And for two, I know it's kind of confusing, but it's kind of quantum leapy. It is kind of quantum leapy. Lost season five. <laughs> and to me, it's you could kinda say it's time travel, but it's not really time travel because at the end, Ezra deposits Ahsoka back in the spot in the timeline where she came from. It's not like I, Ahsoka Technically
3: Ahsoka deposits herself there. Right.
2: That's true. That's true. Ahsoka
3: so, is wise enough to know that she doesn't belong out of her timeline.
2: Right. So it's not like Ezra went through the portal and stayed in the you know the previous timeline or that Ahsoka came through and stayed in the present with Ezra. So nobody really time traveled, if you want to be super technical about it, right?
3: <clears throat> but the, it's a Jedi temple, right? That supposedly is a temple.
2: Well, it's a gateway that was in the temple. Like, that space, I don't think, is the temple itself. It's just some right. sort of facility or, um, uh, you know, mystical power that was held within that temple. One of those I gateways. guess
3: it was engineered for one use. Like, one one use once. Or maybe it's like the Dragon Balls. Maybe you use it and then it moves somewhere else until it's found again.
2: I don't know if it was engineered for one use. Cause it like, so if you look at it, at least to me, it looks like the gateway that Ezra goes through is the one that connects to the Jedi Temple on uh, Lothal, right? And then he looks through that gate and sees Ahsoka. That is on Malachor, which is another temple. I think it's the a whole temple. Well, I
3: don't think it has anything to do with the temples. Like, I feel like. It's his timeline.
2: Right. I you're probably right that it's more tailored to his personal experiences. But it's it interesting be, that, you know, those two doors are connected by a temple. Now, obviously, the one where he sees Kanan's death, that's not connected to a temple. Right. You know. Uh that's the other reason why I say that Ezra doing that with Ahsoka always happened. Like we just didn't see it quote-unquote, always happened. You know what I mean? Um, We just never saw it happen. Uh, Is because I don't think Ezra really could have saved Canaan when he was looking through that. Like, because Kanan died. Like, I don't think he could have gone through there and changed the course of history. Right. I could be wrong. Um, I mean, from what Ahsoka said, you know,
3: he... He knew he was needed most in that moment, and if he, if you remove Kanan from that moment, like he, the rest everybody else dies.
2: Right. So maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, who knows? Who knows? You know. But and then the other uh, doorway we see um, see featured is the one that we see Palpatine thro- show up in, which by the way. <laughs> fucking great to have uh, ian mcdermott back doing the voice like
3: oh yeah are you kidding me and i thought it was well done that he appeared like the senatorly emperor
2: yes yes right um that was cool but and so we got to hear both versions we got to hear like genial fake ass caring old man palpatine old man sheave and we got to also hear demonic ass dark wizard palpatine right which speaking of which what about palpatine doing that crazy sith voodoo over the cauldron and stuff right yeah speaking some weird sith language and shit
3: yeah some magic words Mm -hmm. shooting fire
2: i was like when i saw that I, i thought to myself Will's gonna dig that because that is fucking fantasy D and D as fuck right there.
3: Well, even okay, even that other space, the the realm of time, you know, the realm of space and time. Um, when it first opened, and there's all those Yoda quotes, and then there's that Alec Guinness, uh, Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, well dude? That hit me in the feels. Like I got misty eyed. I was like, oh shit. Like
2: it's a really nice way for them to, in a sort of subtle and and not doing sort of the, I don't want to say corny, but sort of the a little too convenient way that Rebels has tended to tie into the other movies by like having sort of the guest appearance of the week at some times with Lando and Leia and Yoda and Obi-Wan, even though for the most part I like those episodes, but it's a, a little more subtle and classier way in my opinion to tie it into the entire series cuz you don't just hear that like there's these breakdowns of all the voices you hear in that dimension and like ray is one of them kylo is one of them so like they pull from stuff even from clone wars and other rep- episodes of rebels there's this huge mix of you know quotes from different star wars eras and i think that's just really cool you know i thought that was really neat and they picked a lot of really good sound clips to use, you know?
3: I love the way it looked. It was awesome. And again, like, I'm not sure where the Mortis family came in, except for, like, really being more than a door riddle.
2: Yeah. Now Maybe that obviously that
3: realm is of their creation, or, you know, I don't really, you know, that I'm not really sure how it ties
2: in. You know, maybe maybe Mortis exists somewhere in that dimension. I don't know. Because you remember when they go to Mortis, it's a weird thing where, like.
3: It's like a traveling
2: uh, diamond. Right. Aspect. But, you know, at the end of the ep- the arc, they wake up on the ship. And, like, Rex and them are like, what was that all about? You know what I'm saying? So it's like they did. I can't remember. I need to rewatch Mortis again. I need to rewatch Clone Wars in general again. It's been a, a really long time. Um but yeah, he, besides that, it was it was sort of you're right. It was just kind of a door puzzle from like a video game. Like an old Lucas Fart Lucas Arts uh Lucas Farts. Damn it. An you, old Lucas I was farts. trying to slip it by and you were like, no sir. Nah nah. No, uh, nah. Uh uh. I'm gonna get some hardcore X Wing versus TIE Fighter fan emailing me in and be like, How fucking dare you accidentally say LucasFarts? They oh, produced Lucas some farts. of the finest digital entertainment in the PC era. Well I don't know. Mm.
3: I have Lucas farts. Call them the Yub Nubs. Because the farts sound like Yub Nubs. You'll be
2: like, Woo. <laughs> 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 shoo, boy. Rusty, son. We got to oil these axles. Got to sh- spray some WD-40 on it.
3: You know, there's only one thing to do with a rusty trombone.
2: Spray some WD-40 on it. Um
3: to throw it away and get a new new
2: drama. <laughs> uh but yeah. So what did you think in general of those two episodes? The um sort of s- spooky. Like I said, I thought they were
3: they were mystical and they were not confusing, but they, they were mysterious. Mystical and mysterious.
2: Yeah, and uh no. I thought it was the. Ne- I love when they do weird force stuff, man. I can't help it. So like, I like. And the I Mortis knew arc. you
3: were gonna love it as soon as the animals save the day. The animals save the day twice.
2: Yeah, they save the it big wars. time in the finale. We'll talk about I that mean. in just a second. Um. <clears throat> I you know I I don't know why I like the weird force shit. I like I like Mortis. I like the Yoda arc that ends Clone Wars. I like. Um. I like uh, the Jedi Temple episode from the first season of Rebels when uh, Ezra got his kyber crystal and things like that. And then now this, this is just more to that. But uh, after those two episodes, this previous Monday night, right? Was it Monday? Yeah, it was Monday. We got the series finale. Rebels is over. After four years, four seasons, no more Rebels. Uh, What did you think? About the uh, last hour and a half, because we got, I mean, not even really an hour and a half, but we got essentially three episodes on Monday. What did you think?
3: I, I mean, my mind was blown. Just blown away.
2: I mean, I know you haven't been like the most. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. I know you haven't been necessarily the most Whoa. consistent Rebels listener or viewer, but you know the broad strokes. You've seen a, a fair amount of it. Did you feel yeah. like the finale wrapped everything up in a satisfying way? Was there anything that you didn't really dig? Was there anything that you really dug?
3: Um, I did not. It wrapped it up. But I don't know about a satisfying way. Okay, you know, because well, I mean, well, I guess we'll talk more about Ezra in a minute. But
2: no, I mean, just bring it up. This is the discussion. What...
3: Well, like I, I'm, you know, there's this big question mark of whether Ezra is alive or dead. Like it, it really points to this. He gave his life in the sacrifice where he could be dead. Um, but apparently they are staunchly about how he's alive. You know, I'm just curious as to how, and I mean, and why, how he's relying on Sabine to either find him or what specifically he's relying on her for.
2: So for a fact, Ezra and Thrawn are alive. Dave Filoni has said in post-show interviews that they're most certainly alive. Um, I'll tell you what I liked about that is, you know, I know some people don't feel the same way as me about this subject, but I kind of felt like since the beginning of Rebels, if you were going to make Kanan and Ezra a Jedi, you don't necessarily have to kill them, but you have to take them out of the story in some way so that they're not around for the original trilogy, especially not part of the rebellion, right? And it's the one thing I was kind of afraid they wouldn't do, that they would just leave them in the Rebellion and give sort of a, a shitty explanation of, well, well, you know, the Rebellion's a big place. Ezra and Luke never ran into each other. But what is the odds of that, you know? The Rebellion's not that big. They're all based on Yavin and shit. Especially it wouldn't be the Rebell- that big a
3: deal that Luke was a Jedi.
2: Right. So I always felt like they needed to do something And like I said, not necessarily kill them both, but something to take them off the table, at least for that four-year span of the original trilogy. And they did that. They killed Kanan, and now they have flung Ezra off into some sort of unknown part of the galaxy. That's the only way I can think, because, like, Jason on making Star Wars this week brought up a really good point. Like, if they just jump to Bespin... Well, then they just send someone to pick him up, or he just make a phone call. Clearly, they jump to a hard-to-reach, probably very far away corner of the galaxy, if I had to guess, right? And what's interesting about that is we're getting a lot in, in new sort of Disney canon, we're getting a lot of little tidbits about uh the unknown regions of the Star Wars galaxy. You know, there's been hints that that's where Snoke came from. There's been... um, Palpatine felt a darkness out in the Unknown Regions that he was sending people out to investigate. Um, The First Order came from out there. Like, they retreated to the Unknown Regions, built up their army, and then came back, right? So, the fact that... I assume that's where they sent Ezra and Thrawn add those two into all that mix. And I think you had the opportunity, not necessarily that they'll pull it off, but they had the opportunity to do something cool with that story as it pertains to sort of the in-between return of the Jedi and the force awakens timeline. Right? Right. (laughs) So I thought it was actually a pretty good way of taking Ezra out of the story for a time without killing him. So I was pretty satisfied with that just personally. Um, what's going to be funny to me is, and, and I totally get it. Like people saying, well, how, how would you even survive a hyperspace jump with broken windows? Right. But like it's star Wars. There's, there's some way to write around that. Could even say like those. I mean,
3: hell the precedent we've set so far, Leia.
2: That's what, well, that's what I was going to bring up. Right. Is that there's going to be people who do nothing but hate on The Last Jedi for shit like that, that are going to be all about that in Rebels, you know? And people that hate on that in Rebels and are all about The Last Jedi, when it's kind of, you know, sort of the same thing, where like, oh, you shouldn't be able to survive that. Oh, but you do, because it's Star Wars. Get over it, you know?
3: Because you can hold a force field of oxygen, you know, like... Right, or... It's really even, not that far from
2: You could really say those fucking giant space whales were pressed up against the windows creating a seal. So Ezra didn't die or something, you know? There's a variety of explanations. That That's the one thing that doesn't bother me is the how would they survive question. Because the answer to that for me is always, well, it's Star Wars. It's fucking science fiction. We're not talking about... Well also it, it's not
3: I mean, okay, so maybe the Star Destroyer windows may have been busted out. There are metal sheets that slam down over those things oh, like
2: Right. Isn't that is it that the case?
3: That's protocol, I would I am pretty sure. And even if not, you know, if if they are if those animals are really agents of the lights out of the force, once they deposit they'll deposit that Star Destroyer somewhere. They won't crush it and kill everyone on board.
2: I gotcha. So um I mean, that's just how I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's a variety of ways to explain it. Um, So here's a question I wanted to ask you. As someone who's watched, you know, a handful of rebel epi- Rebels episodes, but haven't watched them all, could you notice uh, an increase in sort of production value or animation quality in the finale?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, I, f- I felt like, you know, you saw some, that like... Season one has some of my favorite story stuff, but it's so rough animation-wise when you compare it to A, what we just left with the Clone Wars, and B, what we got later in Rebels. <clears throat> but it, I thought the finale looked really nice, really cinematic. had some really cool shots, like um what I've been calling the uh, computer background shot, because it looks like one of those things you'd see on someone's computer background is... When Ezra's running into the cave, or the rebels are in general, and um, the Imperials are chasing him, and that guy, Rook, who, by the way, that's Warwick Davis doing that voice. Oh, wow. is like, where's your army? And uh, Ezra ignites the saber, and there's all those fucking giant wolves behind him. That was a cool-looking shot.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> so, um what did you think of the, like, just besides, like, sort of your questions about Ezra and stuff, as a whole, what did you think about the finale? Was there anything that you really dug where you were like, oh, shit, that was cool? Or was there anything that you were like, that's kind
3: of... I, I like the way they tied everybody else up. You know, I, I liked all the other characters got their end. Right. Got their explanation, and, you know, they're, they're five years later. This is what we're doing now. I thought that mural was really cool.
2: Yeah. So, one of my favorite parts of the episodes was Hondo and his Ugnot buddy, Melch.
3: Oh, man. I love that. Did they you like awesome. that? Yeah, yeah I like, hell that yeah. I'd like that a lot. I like
2: <clears> that a lot. I thought um, Hondo was really good in these episodes because I haven't been a giant Hondo fan in Rebels. Like, he felt a little off or something yeah. when compared to his Clone Wars version. So, I really liked him in, in this finale. Um... Seeing uh,
3: the kid, Hera and uh, what's his face, his kid? Kanan. Yeah, Hera and Kanan's
2: kid. Jason. Jason Zindula. Yeah,
3: Jason Zindula. Green des-
2: hair. His design was odd, right? Something about it, it a looked a little odd.
3: Something about it was a little odd. It may have been
2: the green hair. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He looked like a garbage pail kid to me or something. He's a
3: white kid with green hair, is what it looked like
2: um okay so why don't we talk about that sort of prologue that we got like you said uh Hera and Hainan. Hainan. had a kid named jason
3: Ep- epilogue
2: epilogue yeah not prologue that's before <clears throat> thank you swiss cheese swiss cheese my dude maybe you're it's on tasty. to something
3: i love the swiss cheese I'll slice your brain up like fine, fine cheese. Um, nom, 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 nom. God damn,
2: Hannibal Lecter. Chill out. We're supposed to be friends. Eat it with friends. a fine um, <laughs> So, yeah, the prologue. Hera and Kanan had a kid named Jason. jesse has got a smile. Did you just get a chicken dinner? Oh, she had a smile on her face. She came around the corner with a smile on her face. I was like, she's got a chicken dinner. I said prologue again. Fuck. Y'all, I'm a goddamn idiot in the epilogue. I'm going to say this for like the sixth time. Harry and Kanan have a kid, Jason, um, which I thought was cool. Uh,
3: you think it, that's a nod towards legends?
2: Oh, it absolutely is. It's even spelled the same way. J. Is it yeah, they like the night the premiere aired on Twitter, star Wars, the Star Wars Twitter account tweeted out like, yep, it's spelled exactly how you think it is. Winky face. So it's like That's, a little odd to nod to legends. Like people can't have their Jason solo, but they can have a Jason Sindula. Be interested to see what they do with that character. Is he going to be force sensitive? I
3: guarantee he sets up for the next, his adventures will be the animated series, the next animated series. And he'll be like a little Jedi.
2: That'd be cool. I mean, if that's the case, wouldn't he have to be rocking around with Luke Skywalker at some point?
3: I don't know. You would think.
2: this. <clears throat> we'll get to that in a second, but... I, well, no, let's go ahead. The thing that would be weird about that, if they make Jason Zendula be Force-sensitive, he becomes a Jedi, you would think he would join up with Luke Skywalker at some point. Once again, that sets up to the situation where <laughs> the end game can only be disaster, you know, because... Shit didn't go well for uh, uh, Luke's students, and much like we're seeing, maybe two- he went.
3: Maybe he went with Kylo Ren and then just parted ways.
2: Oh shit! Do you think people would flip out if Kanan's son was a Knight of Ren? Jason Sindula is one of the Knight of Knights of Ren. People would probably be flipping out about that.
3: People would flip their shit.
2: He'd be in his thirties. He's probably. No, he's he's older than Kylo by a few years. Yeah, because he's born, you know, sometime after A New Hope, I would guess. Jason Syndulla is, and Kylo's not born until after Return of the Jedi. He
3: has to be born before A New Hope.
2: (laughs) Well, it depends. Like she's not visibly pregnant in the finale, and it doesn't take much. Doesn't take place too long before Scarif.
3: It's got to happen nine months, you know, after the last time, after Kanan's death.
2: Right, and Scarif doesn't. I don't think Scarif, the battle of Scarif in A New Hope. Perhaps the
3: galactic gestation periods are different.
2: Well, no. But, uh, I, I mean, maybe they are, but what I'm saying is the end of Rebels is not nine months before Scarif. No. So it, it would probably be after A New Hope because Rogue One and... A New Hope take place, like, right up against each other, basically. (coughs) But, yeah. Um, Zeb takes Callus to his homeworld, to Lasat, or the new Lasat, or whatever, and he becomes part of the Lasat tribe, or whatever. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, And then Sabine stays on Lothal, and watches over it for Ezra because before Ezra um, leaves, he tells her like, I know I can count on you. The force will be with you always. There's also that thing where he leaves like the the hologram or whatever where he's like, um, I can't, or, or is it even a hologram? He says, I can't wait to come home or whatever. Yeah. So she stays on Lothal and watches over it until the Empire is defeated because they're, I mean, and rightfully so, you would think. They're afraid the Empire is going to be like, fuck, no, you're not taking this planet back from us. We're coming right back and taking it from you. Um, so she stays. Lothal looks really cool. That's one of the tiny details they put in this finale that I thought was cool was the new sort of futuristic crystalline city design or whatever they right, gave right. Lothal. <clears throat> oh, and another cool thing that i saw in some interviews is dave filoni basically says the reason the empire never comes back is because of scarif and because of luke skywalker blowing up the death star basically they got bigger shit to worry about than one planet after oh, the, the shit events. started popping off yeah so they're like shit this shit happened on Lothal, but we got a kid out here with the last name skywalker blowing up trillion dollar space stations and shit we gotta focus on this they were like and the Rebellion is really popping off after that point, so. Um, And then, in sort of the big surprise ending scene, you see a really cool ship coming into Lothal, and Sabine is basically through her voiceover saying, you know, at first I thought he wanted me to just watch over Lothal, but now I know what he really wants. And it's basically implying that her and Ahsoka, who shows up, looking like Gandalf with the white with a fucking staff and stuff, right? Are yeah. going to go look for Ezra. And then that's it. And I thought that brief des- look at Ahsoka's design with the white robe and the staff. I thought that was amazing. I thought yeah, that, that was too. a really cool design. Sabine looked cool. <clears throat> um, So what did you think about that concept? Like that sort of ending? Did you see that shit coming? Cause I did not.
3: I didn't see it coming, but I thought I thought it fit, yeah, thought it fit well. I assumed she would have found Ezra by then, but you know, he, uh, who knows where he's at? Maybe on a planet that doesn't have any technology whatsoever, maybe living like Yoda,
2: yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about that for a second, right? Um, let's think about and let's theorize a little bit. Let's get a little crazy here. What happened after that hyperspace jump? So, Clearly, like we said, it's probably in some far-flung unknown area of the galaxy, right? Otherwise, they could just, they know exactly where he was. It'd be real easy, or easier to find him. (laughs) So let's just assume he, those purgles, fucking jump them into the unknown regions. So... And deposit the, the Star Destroyer on a habitable
3: planet. Maybe not hospitable climate-wise, but, you know, breathable air and whatnot.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or they might have just dropped their ass off in space for all we know. Dropped
3: that shit off on a plunged it into a moon not so gently.
2: (laughs) Yeah, who knows? I imagine, like, it would have at least been safely because Ezra has that connection with him and is kind of controlling him and stuff. But that Star Destroyer is filled with fucking stormtroopers and Imperials, right? And we know that, like, We saw those uh, whales killing some of the stormtroopers and stuff, but something tells me, like even after all that, Ezra's probably outnumbered. So, like when they, what
3: if they drop the whole bullshit? You know, because they're stranded out in space together, and they become Ezra's army. Ezra becomes the leader of that star destroyer's, you know, worth of troops.
2: I guess that's a possibility that could happen. See, I was, of the flies. I was thinking like maybe they capture him, maybe they take him into custody and hold him prisoner while they're trying to figure out what to do. But you got to assume like either the star destroyer is so damaged after to the after the jump or is maybe out of fuel or something and that's why they don't just immediately jump somewhere else. So I
3: like assuming the star destroyer's fucked. maybe there you can salvage like a shuttle or some tie fighters or whatever out of it but
2: yeah and (laughs) so it's um an interesting thing to me to sort of speculate on what happens immediately following that jump because i don't know that it's great for ezra Um, and so clearly they're missing Right for the the entirety of the original. Maybe
3: they reach in there and pull him out of there. What
2: if they like? Yeah, I didn't think about that. Maybe they do. Maybe he takes a ride on a fucking space well and gets out of there. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I think is kind of cool about the whole thing is, you know, the reason the way they got around explaining Thrawn not being in the original trilogy when those uh, Timothy Zahn books first came out was like he was sent. To Palpatine, by Palpatine to the unknown regions to uh, search for the outbound flight project or some shit. Like, he was out there doing work for Palpatine. He was out of the galaxy in the unknown regions, right? And they right. kind I mean, they didn't do that exact thing, but they kind of set up a similar story where Thrawn's not around for the original trilogy because he's somewhere out in the unknown regions, right? So I thought that was an, a neat sort of little nod to... The character and what came before, as for as far as his storylines, and also makes me wonder, like, what are they going to do with that? Are we going to have some sort of stories in between the Force Awaken or yeah, Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi where Thrawn comes back? and it's called shit Star from- Wars
3: Unknown Regions, mm. a Star Wars story.
2: Well, I mean, I I would assume the next animation series would. would would handle that you know oh and that's the other thing it's interesting that you bring that up like with the ryan johnson thing they've said that it's going to tell stories set in an uh, a previously unexplored area of the star wars universe right so it seems like they're really focusing on outside of the normal star wars galaxy for some of this stuff like rebels and all the little hints in the books and stuff so I think that's pretty cool. It's just wondering what the fuck it all means, really, and where the fuck it's I all gonna go. I think
3: Rogue One did a good <laughs> job of creating throwaway planets.
2: Yeah, I mean that's true. Um, so did
3: The Force Awakens and the The Last Jedi.
2: Yeah, I mean, but for that same, I mean, you could say the same thing about the original trilogy, I guess, with the exception of like Tatooine. Like, we never see Hoth or Endor again either. Um, but, you know, Swiss cheese. I just hit a major cheese of the Switzer variety. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing like, I've, I've had my ups and downs with rebels as a whole. Now that I've seen the whole series, I enjoy it. You know, quite a bit. There's definitely parts I'm not a huge fan of.
3: Do you enjoy it on the hole?
2: On the hole, in the hole, just circling around the hole slowly and maybe plunging into the hole. You know, I'm into it, whatever. Um, damn, dude, you keep throwing these things at me that they fucking stop me like a, a red light. Uh, red light, green light. But when this uh, episode was av- over, I was basically like immediately ready for the next animated series. I want to see where they're going after this. I want to see um, how this story carries on, right? And, what if Ahsoka yeah.
3: and Ezra follow the path of the prime Jedi, where they're bo- both in balance with the light and the dark side and therefore aren't really Jedi? Well, or you know, unless the, I don't know. I don't know.
2: They've kind of said that Ahsoka isn't a Jedi anymore, like, right. and that's kind of been their explanation for, like, why Yoda didn't mention her when he said, "When gone am I, the last of the Jedi? Will you be?" It's also, not- go ahead.
3: It, I, I, it's to- I told you this earlier, but I don't think I brought it up on the podcast. It feels real Deus Ex Machina the way. He, the way Ahsoka was saved, yeah, it, literally the God Hand.
2: Yeah, literally reaching out of a portal and grabbing him, grabbing right. her. Um, yeah, for sure. It's not like the most uh, elegant solution to that. And and like I wonder, like it's when... like I
3: probably should have killed her here in good sen- in all good sense. I should have killed her here, but. Look, I didn't really. Cha-ching. Watch out Yeah,
2: yeah. I'll pull a rabbit out of my hat. I agree. The thing I wonder is like those animated series are worked on so far in advance because of how long they take to put together like you know, they're they're working on a season if not a two ahead of time. So I wonder when the finale of season 2 Happened? Did he know that's the way he was going? I know originally the plan was to kill Ahsoka. He said that originally Darth Vader was going to stab Ahsoka and she was going to die, like looking at his face through the broken mask, right? Which I'm gonna be honest, that's a pretty badass end to that character, right? And I kind of wish they did that, but they didn't, um, and that's fine. So I wonder if he had planned like was thinking that far ahead and was like, well, there's going to be this portal or, you know, even something less specific where he's like, there's some way that she's going to be rescued. Or was this sort of a retcon? You know what I mean? Like a post-active retcon where he was like, well, I was going to kill her there. I pulled the punch. I'll think of some way when the time comes, I'll think of some way to get her out of it. I don't really know. Um, But, see it's hard for me to really hate on it because the prospect of Sabine and ahsoka going out on their own adventures that's like my favorite character from Clone Wars and my favorite character from rebels teaming up so it's kind of hard for me to hate on it you know like I'm, I can't, I'm pretty you excited can't hate on about that, that at all pretty excited about that prospect to be completely honest um <clears throat> it also makes me wonder like If the next show really is Star Wars Resistance, which we talked about last time, um, that's an interesting concept, especially following Star Wars Rebels, where in Rebels we saw sort of the beginnings or the earlier stages of the Rebellion, and it really sort of ended up focusing on just this one cell of the Rebellion that sort of split off to go save Lothal. And then, is that what we're going to see in Star Wars Resistance? Is it going to be... Uh, sort of the early days of general Leia's resistance and how she brought that all together and the early skirmishes with the first order uh, if that's the case, is that a little too similar to the concept behind rebels? is it and if that's... You can't
3: you, you can't ask that question of Star Wars anymore I don't feel like because. There are some archetypes of what happens in Star Wars, you know. Yeah. There is an evil force and there is its counterpart. Call it a rebellion, call it a resistance, you, can call, it a call, <laughs> you can call it a counterinsurgency.
2: Go back to calling it a rebellion if you want.
3: You call it, you're gonna have to call it a bunch of different things, but the concept will always exist in Star Wars. Right.
2: No, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying is like the next animated series being that after Rebels too close in concept, because Clone Wars sort of covered the Clone Wars, and then Rebels sort of covered the beginning of the Rebellion and stuff. So it just makes me wonder. Like, I'm I not just feel like unless
3: you're going somewhere completely brand new, this is the framework you've already established.
2: That's true. That's also a good point.
3: Um, unless you're starting somewhere brand new, this is the framework in which you have operated already.
2: Uh, what I think is going to be sort of a neat thing in who knows, like five, seven years, whatever it turns out to be for this next um, animated series. When we sit back and look at those three completed animated series, Clone Wars, Rebels, and whatever's next, all sort of spearheaded by Dave Filoni, I wonder if we'll sit back and think of it as sort of his Star Wars trilogy, his sort of long-form animated Star Wars trilogy. And the reason I say that is because so many of the storylines from Clone Wars, Ahsoka, Captain Rex, Hondo, things like that carry over into Rebels, Darth Maul, and are continued there, and some are brought to an end, and some continue even further. And- was McG-
3: was McGregor in Clone Wars?
2: You and McGregor? No, the clone that died. Gregor, yes.
3: Gregor, sorry.
2: Yes, Gregor, Wolf, and Rex. Those were all in the Clone Wars. Okay. Um, (laughs) So.
3: Those are the ones that weren't around for Order 66.
2: Yes, those were the three that escaped. I can't remember the explanation. They explain it in Season 2 of Rebels. But I know they took their chips out. Because, you know, in Clone Wars, in the last season of Clone Wars, there's that Order 66 arc where the one clone starts losing his shit and they find basically the... um, the biological chip that's implanted in his brain. Oh, wow. That is like the key to Order 66. <clears throat> and um, he warns Rex and all them. And I guess they believe him and at some point either choose to disobey that chip or fight against it or they have him taken out before then. I'm not quite sure. Um, but with, you know, those storylines carrying over to Rebels and clearly the end of Rebels sets up storylines from that show to be carried on in some form most likely the next animated series uh it is kind of like a trilogy when you think about it right it's it's you know in rebels for all intents and purposes after it's all said and done will be the middle part of that trilogy (coughs) um so i'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing how that plays out how you know leftover storylines from this will carry on to the next one and etc. etc. but uh it was neat to see <clears throat> how dave filoni ended a show because he didn't get to end the clone wars it got canceled before he got to do the final story arcs that they were going to do so he got to do an ending with rebels and it was kind of neat to see like how he wraps up a star wars animated series that's true What would you like to see? So given the small amount of information and sort of hints that we got in this, what would you like to see the next series be?
3: I'm okay if it's grown-up Ezra and Sabine and stuff, Um, but seeing them active in the Resistance might be cool. Seeing a Resistance one would be cool.
2: Yeah. I'm... I'm definitely down for um, a show set in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, without a doubt. And the thing is, is like.
3: I think a a show set in the Clone Wars again would be cool. Like, maybe not not in the military, though, you know, like.
2: Yeah, that could be cool. It would be kinda neat if they did a live action not I'm not once just like you, I'm not saying I want a live action show that deals with like Anakin and Obi Wan and Ahsoka and stuff during the Clone Wars, but a show set during that period could be kinda cool. Like a live yeah. action show. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't think they'll do that in animated, at least not now, because why move back when you're you're sort of propelling things forward? But I you know, also don't think we're I'm going to be stuck with just one Star Wars animated series, uh, always. I, I can definitely see a time where we get more than one, not running at the same time, but you know, maybe at different parts times of the year or something. Especially with this direct to consumer service that they're uh, working on. Uh, but yeah, it would be cool. I the cool opportunity that they have with a between Return of the Jedi and sequel trilogy show would be to show us some of these characters we have so much so many questions about like what Luke was up to what was it like when he and Kylo Ren were doing their thing what was the deal with Luke's Academy Han and Leia etc etc maybe it's set after that even I don't know um it would be kind of cool to see Kylo Ren's early days in the First Order You know, how that all went down. I don't know. I still don't think it's been established how long he's been in the First Order by this the sequel trilogy. It's It can't be longer than five years. Five or six years. Because Bloodline is set six years before then. And as we've discussed before, he's not part of the First Order. That shit hasn't all gone down yet. Right. So, that's uh, one thing. So we don't know how long he's been part of the first order. It could be kind of cool to see that. I don't know. I'm excited about the possibilities and looking forward to hearing out about uh, what we have in store. That's for sure. So am I. So, buddy, you want to do some greatly backed up emails and voicemails? Yep. You know how we do it. You know how I we do. start off this this piece. Indeed.
0: GOG
3: Kia D! D! Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box Kia D! Cock-head. cockhead! Running around, slaying so bitches with his cockhead! He's a big and star! He loves to split chicks with his butt! Kia D! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls! Kia D! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping Spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Cock-head. Lou
0: Herbert! Cockhead! Harzberger! Cockhead! Will win, Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! Cock-head.
2: all righty um hey buddy yeah you couldn't hear that i couldn't yeah i forgot to turn the setting on so you could hear that's that. fine that's, that's as long
3: as you know if we don't have any voicemails it won't matter
2: oh i'll, I'll turn it on when we get to voicemails for sure oh, rusty man rusty rusty um i want to take a second and, uh send some love out to our buddy steve ad who did that song he lost his mom uh yesterday oh, man, so that's awful. i just wanted to let you know buddy we're thinking about you if you need anything our heart goes uh, out. Yeah. yeah, just let me know, man. I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh, our first one is from our buddy Fernando. Our buddy Fernando was on Rogue One this week. It was lovely talking to him. Good evening, Team Force Wielders, Halls, and William. Hope this email finds you both well. So let's get to it. I don't know if I expressed it before, but I have an idea on how to get your... Let me move the window out of the way. Your favorite... <clears throat> get your favorite favorite bounty hunter a movie i'm thinking a seven samurai type film with your bounty hunters of choice it would center around boba and his crew consisting of imbo which we saw his species in the force awakens so it shouldn't be that hard to have him dengar bosk or sing and feel free to add two more this would be the classic story of an anti-hero it can start right after the showdown between cad bane and boba in the unreleased, not-completed Star Wars Clone Wars episodes. The group of bounty hunters get hired by a village being plagued by the Pikes and Red Sun who want their spice farm or whatever. Add plot detail if you must. I know that many fans that watched The Clone Wars saw something similar when Hondo and his pirates attacked a village, but mainstream fandom hasn't. I think we prefer something like this, rather than a heist Ocean's Eleven-type movie. Thank you for reading, and I'd love to hear your guys' you guys pitch a bounty hunter movie. P. S. sorry for the long email. Your friend Fernando. That wasn't a long email, buddy. I think that sounds like a pretty kick ass, uh bounty hunter movie. <clears throat> it's it's tough for me to, to pitch uh a bounty hunter movie because uh I think I would just do it corny. Like it'd be so corny. It would be so like Boba Fett fanboy. <sighs> Bounty hunter fanboy, I, I almost kind of want to see a movie where they're all competing against each other though, because it doesn't necessarily seem like when they're on that deck and the executor on uh, Empire Strikes Back that they're there as like a crew and buddy buddy.
3: I think it would be cool to start out as competition and then they end up having to come together. To like the bounty is so difficult that it, it takes all of them. And maybe someone tries to betray one another in the end. You know, like, there's a lot of what do things you could do with that.
2: Yeah, that could be pretty cool. A
3: kind of smoke and aces angle on it.
2: I'll, I'll agree with him, though. It would be very cool to see Embo and um, Cad Bane in live action. I like both of those characters quite a bit. Cad Bane, I I'm think a, is I'm a cool.
3: big Cad, Band. Cad Bane
2: fan. Yeah. yeah, and it would be pretty neat to see a, a live action version of them, wouldn't it? it sure would All right. next up we got our buddy Mark he says salutations from Venice Beach hi Halls and Will I have to admit I've written and incinerated a couple of other emails about Star Wars The Last Jedi and Rogue One tidbits over the months or so Blue Harvest a Star Wars podcast is and has been my number one podcast for a couple years now well thanks buddy I've always wanted to talk about many things So skipping the the topics on Last Jedi, more on this in a later email, my talking points may seem dated. First, the Ewoks being human flesh-eating cannibals? Not necessarily. I always thought that since I was a kid watching Return of the Jedi, the Ewoks, like us, eat what they hunt and catch in their traps. They caught Han, Luke, and Chewbacca in traps, so as Ewok primitive culture reasoning dictates, they are food. I agree with that. I like I it makes sense what he's saying there. That that's what yeah. it would be, but it's also like small humanoid cuddly looking ter- t- t- teddy bears eating people. Like that's fucked up.
3: They got to eat something.
2: I agree. I'm not saying
3: that like It's not their first run-in with a stormtrooper. How do you think they know people meat is good?
2: Big white lobsters. That's what they, I hear that's what they call. Them, big white lobsters. They crack open that stormtrooper armor, get the sweet meats inside
3: you got you to gotta boil them. Boil, <laughs> boil them until they stop screaming.
2: Princess Leia gives Wicket a Star Wars granola bar. Friend. As for her dress, I assume she had tuck, had it tucked away in her carry-on. Okay. Okay. Secondly, a slightly... Or they more... made
3: it. Or, you know, Ewok, the badass seamstress Ewok, just was like...
2: She made her a dress. Oh, well, so I'm pretty sure star wars uh forces of destiny is canon and with it being canon we see the ewoks give her that dress actually so they gave it to her she didn't have that and plus why would she take such a comfy looking dress on a mission yeah right uh, well i don't know maybe like uh, you know maybe she was like look if we beat the empire and this is it i'm taking my comfy dress and i'm getting it getting down i'm going to live Han. in the woods i'm getting down I'm taking my Han. hippie dress and i'm going to live in. The- <laughs> and we're gonna make a baby Second, secondly, a slightly newer take is from Lucasfilm Rumor Mill a couple years ago, where it's hinted that the galaxy far, far away will de- depict its first open homosexual pairing. I don't remember hearing this topic resolved. Here's my take. Was this pairing supposed to be Baze Malbus and Chura Mway? I fear this relationship ended up on the editing room floor via reshoots in Rogue One. Thoughts? I think this, as with many warlock like themes and realism ushered in disney wanting to clean things up for the general audience i watch rogue one always believing there there there's a couple more ways than herman melville's billy buddy the sailor so the final scene with Baze looking at sure lifeless corpse adds a definite emotional element um i don't see why bays and sure it can't be in a gay relationship
3: Just... it wouldn't that wouldn't bother me at all
2: no i mean it wouldn't bother me at all i i don't know that it has ever been stated but it would make sense um it's unfortunate because they in in the claudia gray novel princess leia or leia princess of alderaan um you know, Holdo is in that, and she's basically described as being bisexual and stuff, which never comes up in the movie. And and like I said back then, like, that's really cool. I'm really glad they did that, but I hope it plays some bearing on the movie or, in, or it's actually part of the movie in some way. Otherwise, it's just in a book, you know, and it kind of ended up just being in a book, which kind of sucks.
3: It kind of takes away its gravity.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not to take anything away from the books, and I really enjoy that book. I think Claudia Gray is excellent. she's like an excellent addition to the Star Wars Writers' Club or whatever like she's done some really good stuff, but <clears throat> you know not having it be in the movie in some form or referenced or you know whatever it's you know it kind of sucks right um, I think it'll definitely happen in a more um in a bigger way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It'll happen. I just don't know when, but it'll happen eventually. And, um, and that'll, that'll be pretty rad. It's just, when are they going to do it? You know, because they've done it several times in the books now. Like they did it in uh, Lords of the Sith. They did it in the aftermath books, like I said, with Holdo. So it's time for the movies to catch up to that.
3: One guy was trying to take credit being like, (laughs) uh,
2: Third, I wanted to talk about the Special edi- Editions. For instance, I miss my favorite Dagobah line when Luke says to R2, you're lucky you don't taste very good. Do you guys have favorite lines or images deleted from the original cuts to make room for the Special Editions? Hmm.
3: Oh, I, It's hard for me to remember that far back.
2: I kind of miss the uh, Sarlacc without the beak.
3: Yeah, me too.
2: Maybe I I miss the Sarlacc without the beak because it makes it more likely that uh, Boba Fett survived. You know? Yeah,
3: I miss uh, I uh, I miss the original Jabba's band.
2: One hundred percent. I miss and the do do do. And I miss the fucking the original song like. I take it pretty easily on the special editions as been as has been established on this show, but I do miss Lapty Neck. I, I believe that's the song that they cut out for Jedi Rocks. Man. Um, and so he says, I loved Star Wars since 1997, 1977 when I was six years old who stood in line for hours with my wonderfully patient mother to see the film. Episode four is still my favorite. I wore my Kmart blue Darth Vader shirt until it disintegrated in the wash. I got a vintage Kenner Chewbacca stuffed animal with ammo belt for Christmas that year. Still have it. Not to mention the action figures and the original volume one Marvel series comics. In closing, unlike U-Haul's, I still read Amazing Spider-Man, even though the Gwen Stacy and Os- Norman Osborn having twin story arc tested my resolve for four or five years. I look forward to listening to the next Blue Harvest podcast. Until the next podcast, surf's up, moisture farmers. Kind regards. Mo Irvin from Venice Beach, California. Dude, he sounds like a can you get a surfer. Surf's up, bruh
3: <laughs> We wax our boards because we're pros, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right on buddy thanks for writing in and you shouldn't shouldn't be deleting any of your drafts and stuff just send us some emails we like hearing from you all right next yep we have our buddy Frazier. hi guys for a long time first time emailing you from northumberland in the uk really enjoyed your podcast with jason talking star wars games which reminds me of the old lucas arts games oh buddy you didn't hear me say Lucas farts. That wasn't me. Star Wars Bounty Hunter, my absolute favorite of all time. The game was fantastic, and so, was, and so the story was really fascinating, played it over and over. It also gave me some great background to Jango Fett, though I'm not sure it was ever considered canon. Did you guys ever play this, and would you welcome a remake of this with Boba Fett, maybe even instead of a Boba Fett film? Interested to see what you guys think. Love your show. Looking forward to it every week. This is the first podcast I felt like I wanted to email in as you guys have a such great vibe and good take on things. Thanks again, Fraser. Well, thank you for writing in, buddy. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Please continue to do so. We like hearing from you. Did you ever play Bounty Hunter? On, uh... I never did. I oh, know really? of it,
3: but I never got to play it.
2: It's pretty rad. I'll be honest. It's pretty good. It was one of those games I remember when it was announced i was like oh damn they could this could be good this could be bad i want to say it came out playstation 2 and original xbox maybe it didn't yeah even come i remember out on original yeah. xbox but it's cool it sort of deals with Django fett um before attack of the clones obviously and it does it does give it has a pretty good story actually if any of our listeners are interested in playing it and you've got a playstation 4 it's available to download and play on the playstation 4 i have a copy of it myself (laughs) just for whenever i feel like jumping back into that game um and absolutely absolutely i would love to play that type of game but play as boba fett um i don't think i would like it (laughs) instead of a boba fett film i would i would like it more as a tie-in To the Boba Fett film. So, like, if we ever get a Boba Fett movie and a a video game released in the same year, like, give me both. A movie and a Boba Fett game. I'd play it. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, um, Star Wars 1313 that got canceled? Yeah. Was going to be a Boba Fett game.
3: That's what I thought.
2: Yeah. They the story of that game is is pretty interesting when you look into it as far as some of the things go like they kind of premiered the footage a little too early um because and and george lucas kept changing aspects of the game and story uh beats and things like that but i think towards the end of its life it was being designed as a boba fett game where you would like, part of the story was you were assembling his Mandalorian armor. Oh, wow. Sort of piece by piece. Man, that's a shame. That's a shame. You would have loved that. Oh, you know I would have, buddy. You know I would have. All right. Next up, we got our stoolin' buddy, Josiah Ward. Josiah uh, recommended the show, um, The Leftovers, to me. He actually did that this week it's by Damon Lindelof. It's what he went into doing after Lost. It's an HBO show. And like yeah. I I've known some people that were into it like uh Keith was into it a good bit and I think he finished the show. But it's just one of those shows that I kept meaning to watch and never got around to it and um Josiah was talking to me about it on Twitter the other day and I was like, "You know what? It's time. I'm going to jump in." And it's Damon Lindelof weirdness. That's for sure. But anyway, this is what Josiah has to say. Hey guys, I enjoyed the teaser for what it was, a teaser. Alden seems to be at least good as Han, if not great. I love Donald Glover, but I need to hear dialogue from him as Lando to be fully convinced. He looks great, but a lot of people would look great as Lando. I hate to be this guy already, but when do you think we'll get the full trailer tickets on sale? I'm hoping for March. A share, a birthday with Grosso. Oh shit, buddy. Your birthday's like Sunday, isn't it? So I'm hoping for a trailer on or around March 11th for a little birthday present from Disney. Thanks, guys. You know what? Happy birthday, Josiah. It's coming. The, the, your birthday's day after this shit comes out. Happy birthday, buddy. Same to you, Johnny Grasso. I know you're listening. Um, Yo! Yo! When do I think we'll get the full trailer slash tickets on sale? I'm hoping for March. Marsh seems likely for one of those. Maybe both. Um, Yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, I don't think we're going to be getting it this week, buddy. Unfortunately. Probably not in time for your birthday. Um, And I think attaching it... So, like, if you look at stuff Disney has coming out, I think attaching it to anything, like, their next big opportunity would be... Infinity War, and that's too late, I would think, for the final trailer. So, yeah, I would say maybe March, sometime in March, like late March or early April, maybe for the full trailer and tickets to go on sale. I'm already getting anxious about tickets. I do every time it starts getting close. I don't know why, but I'm always like, this is the year. This is the year that I go to buy Star Wars tickets and I can't get tickets. I won't be able to see it when the night it comes out. Never happens. Never happens. Never even really had an issue getting tickets. Always get anxious about it, though. All right, next up, we've got our buddy William. Hey, William, this is William. What's up, Blue Harvest Brothers? Holy cow, a lot of shit happened this week. First off, I love the solo spots that we got to see. The game was okay, too. Unfortunately, I was forced to sit through that lame-ass Good Morning America shit to see the full trailer. Terrible. I think this is going to be an amazing film, and Aaron Aaron Reich looks like he's going to (laughs) pull off Han perfectly, regardless of his hair volume. Donald Glover looks great as one of my favorite characters, Lando, and the rest of the main crew looks like great additions to the universe and his story. Those bandit, Revan, warrior-looking dudes are intriguing, and I can't wait to see how this whole story unfolds. I'm also very curious about the Arabish on the One's helmet. The landscapes look amazing, and I really hope we get to see a lot of Corellia. All in all, the movie looks visually stunning, and I'm definitely excited to see it even more now. Next, how about some Game of Thrones meets the Star Wars universe? What are your thoughts on the specific time period they are focusing on? When do you think it be? Well, goddamn, there was a lot of shit. I'm sure you guys will dive right in, fuck all of this stuff. But I just wanted to hit you up. <laughs> Thanks for rocking the bed ca- best podcast around. May the force be with you always. Thanks, William. I mean, I think we've talked a little bit about what timeline they could be working. Yeah. On, you know, uh, I I I just think eventually, like it may not be theirs. It may not be um ryan johnson's trilogy eventually they're gonna delve into what you know ancient star wars you know long before the long ago in a galaxy <laughs> far far away. they'll change the opening crawl to say a long 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 time ago in a galaxy far 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 away to show you like oh this shit is different
3: In a longer and further time away than you have ever experienced before.
2: Um. So I'm really hoping either Ryan or the Game of Thrones guys tackle that sort of era of Star Wars. I really want Ryan to do it. I like that dude so much. I like what he did with The Last Jedi so much. I like that era of the Star Wars timeline with what we got in Legends. So... You know, put all that together. Give me fucking Ryan Johnson doing that as his setting for a Star Wars movie. i would be one happy dude. (laughs) One happy dude. All right. Next up, we got a voicemail sent on Valentine's Day from our buddy Jonathan.
1: Hey, Haas and Will. I'd like to talk about Han Solo for a minute. So, we all saw the teaser trailer the night of the Super Bowl... And one thing that struck me was when Han was sitting down with the Imperial Recruitment Officer. And he was telling him all about the Empire and how great it is. And he asked him what branch he wanted to be in. And then Han's like, I want to be a pilot. You know, the best in the galaxy. So in my, you know, headcanon, Han... I think it always was established in the EU that Han was in the Empire, and he was in the Imperial Navy, and then he defected. I don't know how they're going to re-canonize any of that or what they're going to take or cherry-pick from the EU. But what if Han signed up to be a pilot, and then he got into the Empire, and they stuck him on, like, shit detail, man. They had him, like, you know, scrubbing, like, uh, Star Destroyers in the dry dock and, like, you know, digging latrines and shit. And he's like, you know what? These guys are fucked up. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go run some scams. So that would also answer a question of why Han knows Imperial Procedure. So if you go to Empire Strikes Back... He's like, well, if they follow standard Imperial procedure, they'll dump their garbage before they go to light speed and we'll float away with the rest of the garbage. So maybe Han was taking out the trash on Star Destroyers instead of being a pilot all this time. And it would also be kind of cool because then he and Finn would have this kind of bond that they both were in the Empire and they they got the shit into the stick, you know, and they were doing, like, sanitation and stuff and they wanted to do something more. All right, guys. Keep up the great podcasting, and may the force be with you. Thanks, buddy.
2: Um, you know, honestly, at this point, with what we know about the movie and everything, I'd say that's as likely as an explanation as anything. That's true. I kind of wonder though if they're going to be going more of a almost a thin route, right, with his story of defecting the Empire, where he sees some shit he doesn't agree with and it hits him in his feelies and he's like, fuck this. I don't want to be part of this, you know? Yeah. So it makes me wonder if that's more of the way they're going to go or if they're going to do, uh, like he said, some sort of thing where he gets into the empire and he just, he doesn't dig it. Like they're treating him like shit. They're not giving him the position he wants. Um, Oh, Speaking of this, there's an interesting piece of solo merchandise that they debuted at Toy Fair. And I don't know what hints about the movie this can give us. But there's a two-pack coming out that's Han and Chewie together. Han is wearing what looks kind of like the AT, AT commander outfit, not the pilot. So he doesn't yeah. have like the stormtrooper-looking helmet. It's like the gray outfit with... The helmet think sort of like the pilots of the ATSTs, right? Right. He's wearing that sort of outfit and he's with Chewie. They're both covered like head to toe in mud and they both have shackles around their feet.
3: That's so, weird.
2: Is maybe Kashik? Maybe with the the planet and us knowing about they've got this um this planet called Mimbam in the movie that's like a swamp planet makes me wonder if that's that planet. Is that where Han and Chewie meet up? Are they both prisoners there? Is that would Han, make
3: sense. The muddy swamp planet.
2: Is Han shackled up because he, you know, defected from the Empire and went AWOL or something? There's some sort of interesting hint, I think, in those toys. I just can't quite figure out what it is. we All right. We, let's do two more. Let's do an email uh, from Beth, and then we'll do a voicemail from king tom and we'll be on our way to catching up we'll have a few more to do um but we'll, we'll have taken out a nice chunk all right <clears throat> this is uh from beth and this is about boba fett hi everyone hope you have had a good week i'm pretty excited for the han solo movie but i'm not going to lie 90 percent of the reason i'm excited is because of the possibility of a boba fett cameo i shouldn't get my hopes up like this because if he isn't in the movie i'm going to be pretty upset Which is completely on me, not the movie. If Boba Fett has a cameo, or a major part, what do you want the tone of the scene to be? Should he be completely terrifying? I'm leaning more towards scary Boba Fett myself. Even if, at the very least, it's just a scenario where someone mentions him and the room goes quiet for a second. What do you guys think? Thanks for writing in, Beth. That's what I think. Thanks for writing in. Um, Oh, boy. At this point, I am myself getting a little too hopeful for some sort of Boba Fett cameo in Han Solo. Um, what makes you say that? Well, I, it's just, you know, like I don't know. It's one of those things, like I've talked about before, like where I don't remember where the first time I heard that a lightsaber had a crystal in it. You know, it was just one of those things that always sort of stuck in my mind that I heard somewhere and it just stuck around and then, you know, we finally ended up seeing it. Right. The idea that Boba Fett and Han Solo had sort of this long running rivalry or the, you know, more than one, just the empire strikes back run in with each other. um, has always been one of those things. I just sort of assumed since I was a kid, maybe it's as simple as him saying like, well, that bounty hunter we ran into on Ord Mandel, like maybe that, is what made me think it was Boba Fett. But, yeah, it's just... It seems like they have the opportunity to do something with Boba Fett in this movie. Um, But I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much because, just like Beth, I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to go in there and be like, oh, but there wasn't any Boba Fett. Well, whatever they
3: do is going to have to be calculated and appropriately set up a better Boba Fett standalone.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like, I don't know... I just really don't know how likely that is at this point. It's one of those things I think they will we'll get to eventually. But, you know, if this, if if Disney had sold or bought Lucasfilm <clears throat> or Lucasfilm was doing Star Wars spinoff movies back in like the 90s and early 2000s, like when I, at least to me, it seemed <laughs> like everybody liked Boba Fett and, you know, Dark Horse was doing all kinds of Boba Fett comic miniseries and stuff, then I think it would be an absolute shoe in But sort of the Boba Fett love has, in a lot of sort of corners of the Star Wars internet, has cooled quite a bit. Like, to the point where, like, sometimes he's just the butt of a joke now. So, you know. And, and the fact that they tried to do a Boba Fett movie with Josh Trank, and that failed spectacularly, because he couldn't hold his bathroom habits in, like, I don't know, man. There's been some bumps in the road with as far as like a standalone Boba Fett movie. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, hopefully that's what it would be. Hopefully they would work him in as some sort of cameo to set up for a, a Boba Fett standalone movie.
3: I think it would be cool to see a character maybe that crosses Han Solo and not even realize that it's Boba Fett till maybe the end of the movie. You know kind of like uh in the Spider-Man movie with Mary Jane. Spider-Man Homecoming.
2: Oh, okay. You know that. how
3: like you go through that whole movie and you don't realize that that chick is MJ.
2: Yeah? Okay. I could sort of see that. I don't know, man. I want Boba Fett in his armored glory though. And I don't I think... see
3: that's the thing. If you get Boba Fett in this movie, mm-hmm. I don't think you get him in the armor.
2: Oh, you don't. You think he's out no. of the armor? Yeah. They they better cast a Malreactor at the very least, then.
3: You know it's going to be The Rock. The Rock is going to be Boba Fett.
2: No, he's not. They're yes, not going to cast Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Boba Fett. Bet you they don't. I bet you they don't. I bet you they do not i bet you they do are you fucking kidding me? He would look like a power of the force too, Boba Fett. He's too big to be Boba Fett. Boba Fett ain't a big fucking roided out people's champion type motherfucker. Boba oh Fett's cracking
3: some skulls. I'm telling if you right Boba now.
2: Boba Fett takes his helmet off and it's Jane, Dwayne the Rock Johnson doing that fucking eyebrow under there like all respect to Dwayne the Rock Johnson he just ain't Boba Fett that ain't Boba Fett and you know who's not Boba Fett the type of Boba Fett I definitely don't want in the Han Solo movie which kind of goes back to her question is I don't want the cheese dick John Ham version of Boba Fett from that audio book no thank oh, you uh,
3: the, I think about oh god what's his name from um, Clueless but he's on Robot Chicken
2: Oh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Robot Chicken Boba Fett. Don't do that to me either. Like, it's funny. Oh, God, it's, it's so funny in um, Robot Chicken, but that's definitely, definitely wouldn't work in... um a little, uh, little, little kiss for the boba. That definitely wouldn't work in the fucking live-action movie. Oh, what's that kid's name? I, I, Shit.
3: It's going to drive me crazy. It's right on the tip of my tongue.
2: Oh, man. All right, so let's uh, let's hear from His Majesty himself, King Tom. Speaking of which, King Tom was on Steele's call-in show this week. You guys was he? Re- <laughs> yeah. He sure was talking about the Rebels finale and stuff. I was gonna call in and be like, "Listen, King Tom, you call into my show all the time. I'm calling in when you're on a show now. Samezies, but I had to record Rogue One that night. All right, here comes King Tom. Hey, Haas and Will. It's King Tom. So,
4: I'm pumped about this announcement from J.J. that he's finished the script for 9. I think that's good news. You know, my hype train is already full steam ahead on this, and this just keeps it going. And, you know, if you look at things, uh, we're getting 9 in December of 2019, and after that, we're getting Ryan Johnson's trilogy, we're getting the Benioff and Weiss stuff, we're getting TV stuff. There's going to be a lot of Star Wars in the future, and that's a great thing. But if you look at the calendar... We're getting Han Solo in May, and then nothing really major until 9, a year and a half later. I mean, we're getting a bunch of novels that are based around Solo coming out around that time. We're getting, you know, the home video releases. There's the Thrawn novel sometime this summer, and there's going to be the ongoing comic series between May of this year and December of next year, but then other than that... There's no TV series, nothing major planned, and it it does have me thinking, and I guess maybe for the general audience, uh, people are sick of Star Wars, if that's what they're saying, fine, give them a little bit of a break, but for someone who is is, as into it as I, and and I'm assuming as you guys are, how how do we handle this? Uh, I mean, I know I'm going to have great podcasts for you guys to listen to, and there's going to be... Um, novel releases every now and then, the ongoing comic book series. And I have to say, uh, the Dr. Afra comic series has become. I, I think it's great. I, I love the comic book series. I can't recommend it enough. But really, other than that, what are we going to do? Um, maybe go back, read some old books, rewatch Clone Wars, Rebels, rewatch the movies a bunch of times. Um, but it's going to feel like a very long. 16 months or whatever it is. 18 months. Anyway, that that's just kind of what I'm getting at. Do you guys have any plans for that? Um, what do you guys think? Anyway, thanks for the great podcast, and I will talk to you guys later.
2: Buddy, I'm having the same sort of anxiety as King Tom. Um, my,
3: my plan is to process the newest trilogy. Because yeah. there's still a lot there that needs to be unpacked.
2: For sure. Um, but, you know, it's interesting... Because back in the day, like, for instance, when the prequels were coming out, they only came out every three years, so we had to find other shit to fucking occupy us in those three years. And now, like, in this new era of Star Wars, in the span of, you know, two and a half years, basically, we'll have four Star Wars movies, right? And, like that's pretty insane. And now to go on a year and a half break, like now that we're used to getting, you know, a star Wars movie at the longest every 12 months, it'll be kind of interesting. Um, I know personally, like I am going to try to take that as an opportunity to, um, you know, go back and read some of the books that I haven't, uh, gotten around to. i I'm definitely behind on the books uh, I might even pick the comics back up. I've been getting the itched to read some Star Wars comics, so I might step back into there and see how they're doing, because they kind of lost me at one point, to be honest. Um, you know, other than that, it's kind of basically what King Tom said. Like, I'm sure we'll have new books every now and then, ongoing comic series. For people that Star Wars collect, I'm sure it's not like Hasbro is going to be like, well, we're not going to do anything. I actually think they might use that year and a half to... Maybe go back and catch up on some of the stuff they weren't able to do. Like Maybe that's when we'll start seeing some of the weirder side character aliens and background aliens that we haven't gotten figures for because they're on such a a crazy schedule of a new movie every year, you know? Yeah. Um, And besides that, I think it's going to just be talking about a bunch of announcements, you know? I'm sure between Solo and... April or May or whatever of 2019 when we get the first episode 9 trailer in that year's time I'm sure we will be hearing plenty of news about Star Wars, you know, developments with the live action series, next animated series, maybe even some word on uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy. So, you know, I, I'm I'm sure there will be plenty of information to keep us occupied, but it's it's weird because even when like even in the space between the force awakens and rogue one for instance i had rebels i had new episodes of rebels along with all the news and we're not going to get that this year like there's almost 100 percent positive that new animated series isn't coming on this fall you know it takes some time to put that together i think it's going to be next year at the earliest so um (laughs) but yeah it's it's it is going to be an interesting thing to sort of uh go through because we've been in, getting such a onslaught of content from Star Wars and now, you know, it's it's like, you know, like King Tom said, like 16 months between movies actually a little longer, right? Yeah. More like 18 months, I guess. Um But yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I, I sometimes I wonder like, are we going to have shit to talk about?
3: But I think we'll we have we'll have plenty to talk about.
2: Yeah, I think we will too. And you know, you're not, you're also not factoring in whatever sort of video game announcements we got coming. Although I don't think we're going to get one this year. So once again, it's probably going to be next year and it's probably going to be towards the end of the year. So you might as well just, you know, count that with uh episode nine stuff. I don't know, man. I don't know. Got spoiled too quickly with so many Star Wars movies in such a short amount of time. I don't know, maybe I'll really get into the Divergent series. Start a Divergent podcast, huh? Maybe Maze. I Runner. Get on it. Maze Runner podcast. Maze Wheeler. That's what we'll call it. Maze Wheeler, son. Check it out. Episode 1 on iTunes, Spotify. <laughs> All right. So, why don't we call that a week? Why don't we call that a night? Let me we wrap this thing up? Thanks for uh taking the time to record with me, buddy.
3: Thank you for recording with me, bud.
2: We uh we won't be as rusty next week, guys. Sorry. Like how, how weird is it? One week break and I'm all hummina, 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 hummina. I don't know what to say, humming, hummina, humma. ooga. Um If you guys like our theme song, then please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.com. Stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. God damn it. Um, Also, make sure to leave us reviews on iTunes. If you got the time and the iTunes account, pop on over and leave us a review. We've been getting a couple. We really appreciate it, guys. It means a lot to us. Uh, and otherwise, until then, until next week, we'll see you then, what have you. Uh, I'm Halls Burkhart. And, this has been and I'm Will I'm, just, I'm even fucking up the end. This has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you.
3: May the Force be with all of you.
2: Jesus Christ. May the Force be with us.